let's see. So what was on that lost track? Christmas tree in the room. Talked about Star Wars, mm-hmm. some video game stuff, and yeah, then Joker the and Joker. horror movies. Horror movies a little bit. Things. I you thought back to to the conversation. Yeah. And uh, now you've pretty much have summed up uh, an episode that none of you will ever ever hear. You'll never hear it. <laughs> maybe no. maybe one day if there's a demand from like three people, like please let me let my ears bleed. But let me give a proper introduction to my co-host today. Why don't you tell the people who we have with us? <laughs> Hi everybody. Uh, I'm Willem Alo, and I'm just a uh, another friend. Uh, just just your average lotion type substance type guy. Mm-hmm. Just just someone you want to rub all over your body. It's and, good. Good and for burns. <laughs> Willem is good for your ears is what he's saying. <laughs> uh, but thanks, man. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to come join me. Uh, Willem here is like me. He is a struggling actor in the fine city of L.A. Well, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh, no. that's That sums it up pretty damn good. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> cool. Last time we talked about Star Wars, but the way I like to do this is I'm just going to throw you the ball. Obviously, much different you know, setup and like mindset than we had last time. And I mm. guess before... I give you the ball. I take that back. <laughs> I'll, I'll briefly set it off this way, and then you can take it as you please. But uh, excellent. Not a big basketball fan, but as everybody knows, you know Kobe Bryant died. It's very, very tragic. Yeah, that was some harsh news on a on a morning. Yeah, man, and it was something that I feel like affected the whole day for everyone. Like it was like the universe knew. It, you know, because the clouds were gray and the sky was. You're just not, not kidding. It. There was a a definitely definitely a shroud over this weekend. Uh, for me, I I told you mm. uh, before we started recording. Uh, unfortunately, my uh, girlfriend's kitten passed away while getting spayed. It was some real harsh stuff. God, could you imagine? Like you go in for a circumcision, and it's like. We killed your baby. Surprise! Still, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Exactly, but uh, yeah, and we we adopted the uh, each a kitten from the same litter mm. uh, on the same night, and it was wonderful. A wonderful couple of months. So we're moving right along. But yeah, I mean, uh, amidst the craziness, I ended up going to Disneyland, as inappropriate as it may sound. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I mean, yeah, dude, you gotta keep your health yourself happy, and I bet in spirit. Kobe was with you there at this. Kobe and Effie, the beautiful little gray kitten. That was the name of your cat, Effie? Yeah. Like, was it just the letter F? Is that how you had her collar? Like <laughs> just, I wish. That's smart. I always <laughs> said she was effing cute. But, uh, <laughs> That's a cute way of saying yeah. it, too. Yeah, but... um. So, so speaking, you know, of Star Wars, and like I mentioned, I went to Star Wars Land. I built myself an expensive lightsaber. Oh boy, you built yourself a hundred and fifty dollar glow stick. Oh, you're not kidding. Yeah, it makes some nice noises. Yeah. Uh, what color and uh, how? Tell me, walk me through this process. Well, you you have to schedule it in advance. There was a lot of people who would show up, and it seemed sad because the employees at the park had to shut down everybody. Uh, <laughs> Everyone who walked in. Yeah, a lot of people would just come up and say, like, hey, do you have any reservations for later? And the, it's all it's usually all booked up. Yeah, you got to make an appointment, okay? Mm-hmm. This, you're not going anywhere. This is <laughs> fucking Disneyland. Yeah. No, you're, uh, <laughs> so I had a buddy who actually paid the around 150 for a ticket to show up. So the, the most recent Star Wars ride opened up at Disneyland right. within the week, I think, maybe uh-huh. a week. And so at eight o'clock in the morning, maybe an hour after the park opens, opens half hour, I don't know, 
at 8 o'clock, you have to use an app, the Disneyland app, scan your ticket with Jesus. your phone, and then get a boarding group for this ride. God, I hate this. And at 8.01, say goodbye to your chances of getting on that ride. Not even a joke. Everybody's standing in line. Everyone's on their phone. And less than a minute goes by. And we got boarding group 116. And they said... And, and this is the boarding group to make the lightsaber. No, no, no. To for, there's a for new, the new ride. There's okay, a new gotcha, ride gotcha, called gotcha. Rise of the Resistance. I wish I could tell you what it was like, but I couldn't go on it. Oh, man. We got in line. We we were there at 5.30 a.m. to get ready to go into this park. We're doing pretty great. We're in line for the Millennium Falcon ride, which was spectacular. Yeah, I think I've gone but, on uh, that. <laughs> yeah, it was, but yeah, we're in line and people are saying... Within a minute of it being open, people are saying, I got group 50, and we're looking around. And, oh, it was it was rough, and it was my friend's birthday. So. That's, oh, okay, that explains why you're there, but like yeah. 5.30 a.m. Like, I went to Disneyland once last year, and it was because I was doing a traveling production of Charlotte's Web in fucking Anaheim. Who were you? Yeah, I, I was Templeton the Rit. Oh, it was, <laughs> yeah, great, nice. it, was <laughs> it was awesome. But uh, everyone in my cast, since they lived in Anaheim, they all had fucking passes and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And like me and the girl who played Charlotte, a friend Megan, she'll be on here at some point. She didn't have a fucking pass. And like someone's parents worked there. So we got in for free. Hey so that was what made the experience worth it for me. But like no, all in all, my judgment of that park, it's like the combination of a cult and a mall. In like the most horrifying way. It was. It, I mean, thankfully, I you know, grew up with a like with. Uh, I have three older sisters, so if we ever could, we would get the whole family to do a Disney trip or something. If we nice. ever could, and so it was just some really seriously special family time. Yeah. You know, just yeah, some was, good I was stuff. Say, it's, it sounds like you know, yeah, nice time with the family. But okay, yeah. So you signed. Like, did you say though that you had to pay a hundred and fifty dollars to get a ticket? To the lightsaber place? To the park itself. Okay. To the park itself. Yes. Okay. But so then the light, <laughs> then the lightsaber costs walk even me more. Walk that. So you, uh, you go and there isn't a sign that says, lightsabers here. No, it uh, says the Doofledorps in the hangings. <laughs> it's supposed to be, uh, I'm doing air quotes, like covert. You know, you know, the people around the park, you're not supposed to talk about lightsabers. Oh my God. Because of the First Order. Yeah. Now, of course. Jeez. But, so we're standing there, which I think, you know, for, uh, for a it's theme fun. park. It's yeah. a theme park. Yeah. Uh, but, so you you go in and you pick between a few. There's four different types of lightsabers you can build. They all got cool names, and they, they you know it's pretty much just the name for the so theme. So like, of it. what do they, they have? Like the what the original Luke lightsaber? They probably uh, have the new Kylo Ren well, one with the hilt. You can buy character lightsabers. I got Luke's from uh, Return of the Jedi as well because oh, I mean I'm in. I, that's what I spend money on. I don't <laughs> know about you, but uh, so. Uh, you can choose between it was like elements and nat elements and nature, uh, which was kind of the colors. Uh, that one's kind of like gold. It just looks a little bit more. I mean, as organic as a lightsaber outside could look. <laughs> it's so weird. You've got <laughs> uh, power and control, which is a darker pieces that kind of look like bad guys would use them. Purple, red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you go. So you. Pick oh, you're talking about just the handle. Yes, just the hill. You pick between the four types mm -hmm. and then each one of those types has different options that you could customize with so uh it's really involved it's well done no it sounds interesting as nerdy and silly as it fucking is but which characters would you be able to pinpoint 
the uh, like each of the handles are from. Like they so, definitely have like the classic Luke. One. Well, you so there's the col- there's the ones that the custom ones that you build, and those are all new unique pieces ah gotcha so stuff from like the art books and video games and nonsense i guess so i think they were these pieces that you can choose were designed for this experience that's cool because i remember back in the day they had an art book that was like what it's like to build your lightsaber Uh, and i remember flipping through it as a kid before star wars became the numb thing to me it is and there's just there was all these hilts that like in handles. That, like, just don't <laughs> I mean, I go, I go crazy for that stuff. But uh, and then in a separate shop, you can buy character lightsabers. Gotcha. Uh, you can buy Luke, uh, Kylo Ren, Kylo Darth Ren, Vader. and they actually interestingly they've added two more. One was like the the Luke lightsaber that was cracked in half in Episode Eight, the one that was fixed for Episode Nine. You can mm-hmm. get that one now, and Ben Solo's blue one which is really cool if you're into this like I am because it's pretty much his red one but oh, you know but it's, blue? it's silver it's a silver handle without the cross guards oh okay so it's really cool i mean from just a prop standpoint i mean that lightsaber got less than a minute of screen time yeah, but and they put they, a lot of thought into uh, it. Yeah, they did because they need to sell that toy. They but sell that two hundred dollar toy. <sighs> Actually, let's uh, w- the character ones clock in around one fifty. Okay, which is still miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the same price, right? For when you're making it yourself, isn't it? Uh, the the make your one the one you make yourself is like two hundred. Jesus. Okay, so let's go through the process because I know you can also make your own BB-8 toy, which I'm yeah, not you, gonna lie, that is pretty sick. You can make a yeah. You can. There was a whole conveyor belt of droid parts that mm. people were just fiddling with. Do you and putting also together. need an appointment for that? I don't. I don't think so. I. They gotta have a way to have that steady income without an appointment. Oh god. <laughs> well, the I think the two things you need an appointment for are to get like a reservation at the cantina restaurant, okay. and the uh, and the light building your own lightsaber. Okay. So, but. Walk me through this process of building your lightsaber. Yeah, they herd everybody together in the, in the group, and then you go through. It's a kind of a small room. You just walk through this room, and there's this cool kind of U-shaped uh, bench-looking thing, a uh, bunch of stations, mm-hmm. uh, and room for one person in front of each. And uh, you, I had uh, my buddy with me and my other friend who was building his own had a friend you can have up to two people watch just be with you for it if gotcha, you want. gotcha gotcha uh so they you have your little station and then they give you a little spiel about lightsabers and whatnot. the force is so special and they, yeah. <laughs> and they hold up the uh you're gonna think this is ridiculous but i have a kyber crystal with me i don't even know what the fuck that means but that's the that's me. the thing that goes into this is for uh what, is this? what, what is this like for your chakra this for, is like <laughs> you know those crystals that you see people wearing around your neck people imagine that but made of plastic oh yes no we're we're fiddling with pieces of plastic here (laughs) these are pieces of plastic with like is that a drill bit inside inside is a some kind of electric thingamajig so it's a battery you know in a nutsh i guess in a way it it's the interesting thing is what i'm holding for the listeners here is i'm holding two small pieces of plastic shaped like crystals one's green one's white and uh each crystal changes the color of the blade and the sound effects of each each color has its so, own sound effects. So these physical toys have physical DLC in a way. <laughs> so exactly, like this is like all right, this can light up green. I, man, I can't wait until someone hacks all this. Stuff. They did. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go, you can buy one of these. Go on Etsy. It's, uh, I'm sure Etsy, but you can go on. There's this weird. It's I don't think it's infrared because I think that works differently technology wise. But there's something in it. That whenever 
it's put into the lightsaber because you, you first get your they give you a spiel about what co- the four colors that you can choose from which are red blue purple and green okay i chose green there's no like yellowish white yellow and white are crystals that you can buy at the store that you buy all the other <laughs> oh my stuff God. yes e- <laughs> exactly now being me i walked out with every color crystal i could <laughs> Uh, Hence why you carry them around. I know. (laughs) Get that high chakra level. I've been sitting in my apartment, freaking out my cat, just all day. day. But uh, so, yeah, you you pick your your crystal, which determines the color. Oh, by the way, like I was saying, you can buy this thing on, I think it's on Amazon. It's this weird technology thing. Mm. If you hold up a green crystal or any color, you can, through like special coding, you can change the color of the blade regardless of the crystal ah i got so you can get something to like basically like hack it yes that's cool it is cool i'm a sucker for plastic i realized i buy (laughs) bad for the environment (laughs) i buy plastic yes Uh, (laughs) but uh so then you get uh they get based on though you remember the four types of lightsabers that you could buy sure yeah they give you a pin uh, just like a little fun commemorative. If you're paying two hundred dollars, they give you the bells and whistles. They better give me bells, whistles, and a fucking keychain. Yeah, and, and a collector's land. bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so they they give you the pieces that that you choose from. You fiddle with them. You put them. You you try them out if you want. And then what's really cool? So you've just built the hilt, the mm-hmm. handle, and then you they put it in like this cool thingamajig, you know. And then like a P, like a see through PVC pipe type thing. Kinda, yeah. And then you that uh, you turn on that lightsaber and it, it, while it's in this thing, mm-hmm. and then something kind of this cool compartment opens, and the blade is already in the lightsaber, uh, which is really cool. And then yeah. you hold it up, and it just for and, pageantry and, and wise, smoke comes out and shit. I'm and sure. kiss comes out on a moving stage, and. <laughs> Wanna have the force all night? I don't know where that came from, but I like it. Uh, But yes, and then then they give you a bag, like a little sleeve that you can put the lightsaber in, uh, so it doesn't bang around. Look like you have a sweet ass umbrella, dude. It's it's such a fantastic feeling to have a lightsaber at your hip. I mean, (laughs) especially in Disneyland, where it's like one of the places where you. You're gonna feel the least weird in Disney World. Disney. I'm almost thirty years old. I got fake mouse ears on and a fake lightsaber. Who wants to fuck with me? Let's mm. go get a corn dog. Mm. It's sh- it's shaped like a mouse. The corn dog. It's <laughs> yeah. Good. I, oh, their corn dogs are legit. The one thing I'll say about Disneyland. I mean, shifting gears a little bit. I want to hear the no, no, no. the rent the end of like your experience. I mean, I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah, I walked like, out and was like, cool. And it was two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, I'm but, going back for more, baby. I'm not even kidding. My roommates are like, they want them too. That's what we do. I mean, yeah, I bet you're saying you're freaking out your cat with it. I bet like a stick that lights up. Like, see, at least a lightsaber. Like, I can kind of get behind that because that's my thing, dude. These theme parks are fucking expensive. I was buying lightsabers f- long before the theme park came out, just because that's I, I collected Harry Potter ones. I collected. Well, you mean wands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter lightsabers, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say, like, as far as like when I go to these theme parks, like I remember I had a buddy from Israel come out, 
and he he was like, oh, I have to go to Universal Studios. I was like, all right, good thing that's closed because we're not going to fucking Anaheim to yeah. go to Disneyland. Yeah. And and I remember going, and we didn't really get discounts. Like, we had, like, a Coca-Cola coupon, so it was, like, 100 instead of 109. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember going, and I was like, oh, do I get to pick a lanyard? And she's like, oh, no, there's a $9. Jeez. <laughs> like gave you a hundred and nine dollars yeah. like what the fuck man uh, but, it's so expensive uh, to get into those places yeah like, but uh people buy the passes that's where they get you they get you good like half a year passes i think are 150 bucks at universal which is uh, not that bad the, but... uh, the oh at universal yeah i used yeah. to have a universal year-long pass i think that was yeah it was about the cost of one day pass and like a half for yeah. the entire year not even half a year the entire year yeah i mean it, it's smart but as far as spending money there, like, I, I don't think I really had anything at Universal. Like, I thought about buying the giant donut, but I was like, it's just going to taste like shit. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a big donut. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a big donut, and that compromises the integrity of a donut. Like, I'm not going to get into baking right now, okay? But <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you made me think uh, when you mentioned uh, the the corn dogs at Disneyland, uh, I had one at the time when they were doing the Pixar event, and it had, like, two different hot dogs in it and, like, three types of cheese. Damn. Yeah, it was intense, and it also took, like, disturbingly little time. Like, <laughs> just like I ordered it, it by the time, like, I hand, like, the guy took money out of my hand. They're like, all right, here it is. It's like, damn, fresh, huh? Pre-made, just yeah. for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's made <laughs> fresh, but... Other than that, uh, I tried. I remember when I went to Disneyland. I think I tried more food there than I did at Universal. Mm. I tried uh, the Dole Whip. Obviously, you got to have the Dole Whip, right? At Disneyland? Yeah, dude. What's Dole Whip? Oh, schooling you about Disneyland. I love it. Dole Whip is, uh, you know, Dole, the company who does like pineapple stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, have yeah. you ever had their pineapple soft serve? I know. I don't think I've had the, the so that's what Dole Whip is. They they make soft serve out of pineapple and it's amazing. What? Yeah, and they also do. I got the Dole Whip float, which is they have Whoa. the fresh ice cream and then they pour fresh pineapple juice on it. Son of a gun! It gave me diabetes, and I'm mm. I'm still reeling from it, and, and I hope to get more diabetes from it later. <laughs> Sounds so good. Yeah, dude, I mean, just to throw this out there, what's your favorite food type product item oh. that you had at Disney? At Disney. Or uh, any of these silly fucking cults. I mean, at Disney, I went to Pizza Planet and uh, had a lackluster $9 slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah, I imagine their pizza kind of sucks. It was, I mean, we we had uh, we had brought some gummies along for the ride for the the entire day. I mean, if you're going to space, you got to fly, bro. That was, uh, that made me think of the Millennium Falcon ride. The amount, so we had myself, three of my buddies, and then two strangers from who were single riders through that mm-hmm. line. Sure. Uh, in the back. And so it's my friend Brock, who's fl- in Chewbacca's spot, so he goes by Chewbacca now, uh, which was so fun. But uh, we're, you know, you're doing the Millennium Falcon ride, and all four of us were trying to think of every Star Wars quote we could think of, screaming to not tell us the odds, 
someone's got a bad feeling about everything. Uh, uh, reverting to auxiliary power what, what is a big move. What was that one line? Did you? Did you? I would have kept yelling. Whatever. This is a boring conversation anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get cocky. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. And we said punch it throughout the rest of the day. <laughs> okay, punch it. Punch no, it. No, 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 but punch it. <laughs> Did they have? So what were the seats? They had. Uh, you got the two. Main, the you got two pilots in the yeah. front. One of them controls going up and down. The other controls going left and right. And those two seats are the only ones that I think actually control everyone anything else. Anything really? Yelling. So it's backseat driving the ride. But the, so I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't add to the experience, I guess, the way we're talking about it. But what the other two jobs are gunners and engineers. Gunners sit in the middle uh, and they hit a button, <laughs> which <laughs> you so, don't aim. You hit. A I don't button. think you did. I don't think they did aim. <laughs> That's you so press funny. Press a button, uh, and based on where the pilots are steering, I guess they just shoot forward. And then engineers quote fix what gets broken. So they just hang out with R two D two, going wow. Yeah, I love that noise. Uh, so so yeah. that's okay, and it. Lo I imagine the cockpit looks fucking perfect. It the, looks exactly. Yeah, you like spend. It. So what they do is they they, you wait through the the standard line. We got the, that was the first line that we went to. Mm -hmm. My friend wanted to go and get food as soon as we got to the park. Dude, it's six a.m. I need a corn dog. I was like, Stat. buddy, w this is w this is going to be the shortest wait. And he completely agreed when I told him. Yeah. He just wasn't thinking. But like, you get to the theme park that early, you beeline to Hogwarts Castle, or you hit the Millennium Falcon as fast as you can, and you do that ride so you don't have to wait four hours in line later. Yeah, I'll never forget feeling like such a chump, where I got lost, like trying to wait in line for the Harry Potter ride, and I was at the spot where I could have gone through. And then I ended up like I talked to the wrong person and then I had to go all the way around and had to wait an extra hour and a half and wait in what I call a fancy line. Yeah, when there's, there's stuff to look at. Yeah, like they're sweet, but that's what these theme parks are. They're they're long ass fancy. Uh, lines. We were saying because we were saying going into the Millennium Falcon. Of course, there's all this Star Wars cool. It's really cool and immersive, but it's still a line. And <laughs> you, it's always either you either go by it too fast, or you don't actually get to like listen to the audio they have playing or look because you know different rooms have different yeah, things like going on. They have on. some pretty. They have a nice robot of Darth Vader in one of the lines. Probably yeah, something like that. And, I, and he I talks bet. shit to people. <laughs> he just. Yells at you <laughs> forebodingly. You are disappointment, not yeah. my son. Get your fast pass now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so you're waiting in that line, and you it's either far too fast, and you just breeze through it, and you kind of have to look around, and oh, cool. Or you're standing looking at the same astro droid beeping and booping. And then Roger, you move Roger. 15 minutes, and then you move, like, it, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. yeah, by the end of it, I bet those, like, in a couple years from now, those robots are going to get smart enough that I bet they'll just, like, start turning at you. It's like, <laughs> you move five feet, still here, Roger, Roger. <laughs> I've never seen the sun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so that's, like, just a replica of the Millennium Falcon, and you just, you stand in the, like, everyone has a seat, I imagine. Yeah, so you, the, you go in groups of six, like I said, there were four of us in our group, and then two single riders. Two yeah, well, they were. Uh, there was a mom and her her son, and it was just really funny because they were like, "We got together and we did single riders," which good for you guys for a Star Wars ride. That's <laughs> awesome. But uh, so yeah, it's really it's really cool. They give you uh, a little card. Oh my god, the thing that they needed in the movie that they didn't actually need, like Probably. one of those things. <laughs> but perhaps. I mean, it, it, it tells you, like, what it's like color coded so that the employees know where to put you, and it uh, says your little job on it. 
uh, pilot engineer gun or whatever. No, but you know what I'm talking about, though. Remember in the latest movie, like, the, she's like, take this take thing. Take this uh, Imperial Captain's Medal. And, and then you through. slip it in the ship. It makes sense. It fits way. perfectly because every ship in Star Wars every can. Every single one. It's like USB. Like it was designed for a Millennium Falcon. It just so happened they had one. It's, but it's perfect. So, so you're you're given a pass, and then you enter the room, like the the kind of chill out chess room of the Millennium Falcon. It's this it's just this space where they have a couple different groups, and uh, we took our picture. You know, sitting at the little. Uh, space chess thing on the Millennium Falcon and then then you walk through maybe one or two corridors and there's it's not th- at this point you're not in a line you're just already part of the experience and you're walking through the halls of the Falcon okay maybe I mean so you're walking towards your seat 20 30 feet but it's still like designed you know like it's the all the sound effects seat. are going and yeah. shit like and then this is where the fancy line turns into like a fancy wait for the ride to start yeah yeah uh, and then somebody like you're directed towards the cockpit and then based on what you're what job you have you sit in that seat they tell you to put that sweet sweet seat belt on and then tell you to have a blast in the galaxy How or long's something the ride 5 minutes Maybe, maybe a little less, probably about five minutes. We were, honestly, we were having uh, so much fun. Just so much fun. I mean, I bet that that's, that's, I mean, you're an actor, so like you live to play make-believe. So you're you're in like an amazing, like you have the opportunity of the improv scene of a lifetime, right? (laughs) It's like the ultimate set. Hence why we just kept saying punch it. It was the funny (laughs) button, like an improv scene and it's a button that doesn't get tired because the audience is just you. <laughs> You're just like, punch it. Uh, I think the only ride, like Star Wars ride I went on was their future ride that they converted into yeah, like, a Star Wars ride. I think, I don't know, I could be wrong, but my understanding is like, they've always had Space Mountain. Then it was Hyperspace Mountain, mm. Star Wars-ish. And then they were like, well, now we have an entire park, so why don't we just make that Space Mountain again? Uh. Oh, so now, so is there, Space any, Mountain, is there any Star Wars stuff in there? I don't know. I think Space Mountain, it might have been turned into Star Wars, but at least the one in Disneyland that I was just at a few days ago was just generically space-themed. Space Mountain. Yeah, I, Space when, Mountain. I've been to Disneyland twice. Mm-hmm. I went to the one here in L.A., and I went to Euro Disneyland about Dang. 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that was my first time going on a roller coaster on uh, the Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, like, looking up one time at a moon that was laughing at me. And then I was going <laughs> so fast I couldn't even lift Europe my head weird. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the moon had a mustache. And I was like, oh, see you later. I'm out the hair. Maybe that's why I felt so weird. They were pouring wine on me the whole time. It was weird. They said that it was all part of the ride. But, yeah, I I don't know. I'm not too big into theme parks. I like Star Wars, but I'm, like we mentioned last time when we mm-hmm. talked about it, I'm super fucking burnt out on it, man. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, I, I think that Star Wars needs to, you know, like, more Mandalorian, less buy this and, mm. you know, like, wear these costumes. I'm saying I got ten minutes left in the last episode of Mandalorian. Really, I, that's what I was doing before I came here, and I was do I had to do something on my computer, and then 
I zipped over here. So what? Ten minutes left. <laughs> I mean, so I think I know exactly what parts you're missing, but you know what's going to happen in those last ten minutes, right? I don't know exactly. I know uh, there was a really cool weapon that my roommate mentioned. He, quote, spoiled. But at the same time, I blame myself because it's been out for so long. Dude, also... uh. Think about it like this, as just as far as storytelling goes, and because it's in the rules of Star Wars, when I saw the first episode, I was like, all right, there's two things that I know are going to happen no matter what, and I hope that they do this at the end. I was like, they are going to show a lightsaber at one yeah, point. Yeah, I know that part. And yeah. and that that is like the last thing they show, and I'm happy that they did it like that. And it's, yeah. and it's a new design, which is which is whatever. Because there, there was that same lightsaber was in like the cartoons that Right, I, I I have seen it, so I don't know if, I mean, in the cartoons there, the the animation is really nice, but it's very clean. It's just kind of colors. Is that the CGI one you're talking about? Yeah, that one I've heard bad things. Really, I've I've heard that some of the an, the cartoons are good, but I'm like, guys, the the source material around it, the live action movies, it's like I I can't stand wow. it. it. It I mean, when they released the CG movie back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, back in the day being like maybe 10, 12 years ago. I don't know. Sure. It was like they made a Clone Wars movie. Yeah, I remember that. And that animation, I, I've just, I mean, I know they're bringing it back on Disney Plus. Yeah, Clone it's, it's Wars. already on there. So, yeah, people people really enjoyed that. But my like thing that I loved was I, fr- I, I would botch the name of the company or the man who makes, who owns the Samurai Jack. Mm. Oh, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky. Thank you. That's he, the guy. Yeah, his Amazing he did a Clone filmmaker. Wars cartoon. That's the one I hear that's pretty good. That one was fantastic. I, like five I bet it's episodes. good. I bet it's good. But have you seen Primal? I, I haven't yet. I I hate that I can't buy that on Blu-ray. And and just to, uh, the one more thing I wanted to say though, mm-hmm. uh, and we can talk about Primal a little bit too, or whatever. Well, but yeah, uh, the other thing I wanted to say from the Mandalorians, I knew they were going to show a lightsaber at one point. And I knew, like, just looking at it, I was like, all right, he's Boba Fett or Jango Fett, whatever, and mm. he doesn't have a lightsaber, or sorry, a uh, jetpack. And he's going to need to get that upgrade at some point. Yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. basic, you know, characters, like, changing through the story. Got to mm-hmm. get an upgrade visually or whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh, honestly, I hate that they took off his mask. I thought that that was kind of a bummer. Interest. Yeah, it was, it was, a, I loved the loophole of it not being a, a living, quote, creature. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. Like, well, I mean, I'm talking about like the mat taking the mask off of uh, what's his name, Mando. Yeah, Mando. Exa- exactly. Yeah. And the the, uh, the oh, you thought that he might be like a monster, like an no, alien? no. I I figured he was exactly what we got. Yeah, a and- guy with a mustache, right? Because he has time <laughs> yeah. to shave. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> but they, I mean, the the purpose. He said, you know, don't take off the helmet. I, no one, no living creature has seen my face since I've sworn this oath or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the droids, Taika Waititi, is just like, hey, I, I'm not a living creature. I'm a droid. So yeah. he takes off the helmet. And it, it, from the uh, from our point of view, it can be. It's kind of like they shot their wad. We saw his face, but it, I do like the idea of it's all about like the principle of wearing the mask rather than there being some crazy. Yeah, secret and and like personally. that that has to do with like you know his big evolution of overcoming his hatred of droids, which is <laughs> yeah. interesting, and I do like that. But I have some insider info. That I actually got when I did background, and I mentioned this on my last podcast I did when I, a little bit of tea, bro, got a little bit of tea on my shoes. Yeah, I mentioned some of this, but I'll I'll tell you, 
uh, someone was telling me they were working as a welder on set, and they were this close, dude, to getting picked to be a fucking action figure. And they were oh. telling me all the info that I really got was Carl Weathers was directing. Uh, one of the Wookiee suits from the original movies in the 70s was being used on set. Mm. And apparently, I may have misunderstood, Mandalorian had his mask off. Now, I think that- For that the future of the series? This was in some season two stuff. Good, good word, word, word. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Like- I think that it would be cool if he was wearing all that armor and a cowboy hat, but at the same time, my brain can't justify that. It's like, does not compute, mm. is stupid, because cowboy hat is human, and Star <laughs> Wars is Star Wars. Yeah. So, I don't I don't like that, you know, he's showing his face, because it, it just changes that character a lot, I think. I absolutely, I absolutely hear that. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm a weird, like a glass half fool guy like i have sympathies towards the last few episodes of game of thrones which a lot of people were upset about yeah and that, that's that's fine i mean but uh grain of salt i'd never watched the whole series mm-hmm. i saw a couple the first season and i talked to people about it and people who aren't mad at it is because they saw like oh this is what this has been leading up to the whole time yeah it is someone is going yo i got a dragon and i hate people it's like oh maybe we should look out for that and then at the end it turns out she does have a dragon and she burns people yeah <laughs> so i mean if you're gonna right. you know set up the whole like whatever machine uh don't be surprised when it gets knocked over you know yeah. what i mean these uh these franchises are are really interesting from a social standpoint just like how we all are dealing yeah. with it. I mean, it, it's uh, the goal. I feel like of these TV shows these days is for them to get that whole water cooler effect. Because mm, that's the thing mm-hmm. is you, you want to be able to have it come out consistently enough that people are still talking about it. Because mm. word of mouth is the best advertising. You, I mean, I, I was thinking about speculation based on what you said about season two of Mando. Mm. The uh, so I we've talked about how I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Doctor and, Who, uh, Power Rangers, all oh, yeah. that mm. stuff. Uh, something the coolest thing happened this weekend. Yeah, meaning the newest episode of Doctor Who aired, and it was the mid-season episode five out of ten. Mm-hmm. And they had a a returning villain from you know a couple years ago. Cool, and they that was the promo shot. That's what we got to look forward to. Oh, we were like, oh, this is the this guy episode. These guys are coming back. We know everything. It's going to be a comedy romp with these fun monsters. And then halfway through the episode, they decide to just throw out the entire rule book from what you think canon wise, story wise. And they they really I mean, throwing a curveball doesn't even do it justice. The, and but what, what I'm getting at is the fact that they hid these crazy story beats, these characters that were returning. We don't get that a lot these days where. You know, people have a moment where the other shoe drops or there's a twist and it's like genuinely shocking. Mm-hmm. And you just made me think of this. And I guess this that would be your answer. But I want to ask you, what is like an example of like some of the best twists you've seen? Like, I'm not talking like, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, though. He he has one twists. or he yeah. has one or <laughs> yeah. two that are pretty good. Mm-hmm. But uh, would you put this up there as one of your favorite twists uh, from what I do? The Doctor yeah, yeah. Who? yeah. Hands down. and Really? So they did it well. A really cool way that I was thinking of it was I was like, okay, like I said, this is episode five out of ten. 
And I literally... Season what? Like one million? Season 12 of the current production. Right, they, right, they went right. off the air from the 80s to the 90, whatever. But um, I remember before watching this episode, just... I was washing my hands and I was like, well, episode five, we'll get these fun comic, like, this will be a fun romp. Uh, and I was trying to think back the past 12 years, like, or more, like, when has episode five of a series ever not just been, like, fun filler? Mm. And then, and that's, like, it, it, uh, it even looked like it was back in 2005. Some of the oh, shots cool. that they were doing. They shoot it on digital camera? That, that would still really... Looks, it still looks beautiful like yeah. they're doing it now. <laughs> but uh, it was... You know, they bring back a character that the fact that they hid, they baby Yoda us where mm. I mean, I had no idea that baby Yoda was coming and I was so happy whenever when I got surprised with baby it. Yoda. When they did that reveal, I was like, fucking finally, you're you're doing something that is deep within this lore and you're you're surprising me and you're doing something fucking interesting. 50 yeah. year old infant baffling mm. what the fuck yeah yeah so i i'm i'm all for things like that i was trying to think of some of my favorite twists and just saying Shyamalan, uh have you seen uh unbreakable yes that is the only one of those of that weird i mean obviously the sixth sense you know like I see that one was great was no, dead, yeah. you know like because like, isn't there like split and the new glass and stuff we're we're not talking i've about just that. seen unbreakable yeah uh, that I would recommend. Uh, what's it called? Split. Yeah, I think I've heard it's that fine. Performance is something else. Yeah. Oh, his performance is yeah. awesome. I think the movie is kind of wonky, but it, it's interesting. It sets up something way cooler than Glass ended up being. Yeah, yeah. Glass yeah, yeah. was such a bummer. I read the plot and I was disappointed. <laughs> that movie at the very end, like you see, like a secret society sitting in a restaurant, and I was just like, M Night. You need to leave the fucking house, bro. Like yeah. way more. But uh, Unbreakable's uh, twist, you know, it, it ends up being that the guy who is the biggest fan of the hero is the villain. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it just felt natural, and it was just a nice progression of things. But uh, honestly, and it's probably because I'm replaying this game right now, and it is one of my favorite twists of all time. And I'm gonna try to not spoil it. But have you ever played this game called Odd World Stranger's Wrath? <laughs> no. So it's they just re-released it last week on the Nintendo Switch. Cool. And basically, like Odd World, do you know who that what company that is? No. They're, they're the company that have Abe. You know, I'm Abe. Abe's Odyssey. No. Who's Abe? Like, like uh, I'm a, a little alien guy, and I'm here to save my people. You know, he was a guy who works in this company, and he he would just like do whatever they said. And it was a side-scrolling game on the PS One. Okay, and oh, wow. and you play as this weird alien, and it's all about just saving all the other uh, people in your species Fun. who are being like you know treated as slaves by this company. Of course, and uh, this is like a spinoff of it where you play as this bounty hunter and there's all these like towns with these chicken people. Sweet, and and all these like weird monster creatures and all you get told about this guy is i gotta find the duck you know i need a surgery and like <laughs> it has like this whole western feel to it Fun. and it jumps back and forth between first person and third person and the thing that's really interesting like you think like wow this guy's it's you know typical odd world stuff you know to their credit of their name it's odd <laughs> and uh you know you play on but then eventually like once you figure out how to jump back and forth and you use your your uh, what's it called? Um, 
uh, what's the thing that shoots arrows, but it's a gun? A uh, crossbow. Harpoon? No, oh. crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> Closer yeah, than I was. Cool. Yeah. We had a lot. Yeah. We, we <laughs> but uh, it, what happens is eventually after like you go through the tutorial, like you just start moving around with the character and then he starts running on all fours. You're like, who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? Like it controls like a motorcycle and it gets really funky, but there's. There's a part of the game where, you know, he's trying to get this surgery he needs, which is very mysterious. And he, he just looks like a, a normal monster creature as far as normal can look, I guess, mm. in that game. And uh, he gets told that he needs to hunt something. And it, it's this species called a steef. And uh, I, I really don't want to spoil it, but there's, there's a nice twist that happens in the middle of this where, you know, the characters, like, they're, it just shows, like, I don't know. It's one of those games where it it's way higher on the totem pole than it deserves because mm. you know technology would have said that back then you can't tell a story like that. Yeah. But it has funny dialogue. Like the enemies will like run up to you and be like, "You're pretty, sissy boy." Like, oh Jesus, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like like spooky western shit. And one thing I didn't mention, probably one of my favorite things about the game, and I'm getting off topic of twists, but um, <clears throat> the whole uh, all the weapons that you shoot. They're insects or, like, little critters. <laughs> so, like, you can Fine. shoot, like, a skunk and, like, makes the enemies throw up. Yeah. Your machine gun is bees. Like, <laughs> is bees. Like, yeah, it, it's yellow jackets. Like, a f- yeah. I'll, I'll show you. I'll, pu- I'll bring my da- down my switch before you leave. Fun. But, uh, yeah, there's an amazing twist in that where it's, like, you don't see it coming and it makes perfect sense. And they hint at it the whole time. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, that's what uh, this uh, that this Doctor Who that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch it a second time because there's they've I've heard they've if you you know it's one of those in retrospect if you pay attention the clues were there. Yeah, I mean I guess spoilers, but uh, yeah, I don't care. I mean spoilers for Doctor Who. <laughs> this what they did so you know at least the actor changes and that's like canonical yeah like i know that the doctor quote unquote always is evolving and i'm pretty sure that the doctor just became a woman for the first time yeah a and couple it, years ago and people were complaining about that apparently that really did damage to the popularity of the show i that uh there's i mean i can't speak for everybody but i know that the show is still it gets a weird it sometimes yeah i mean those voices do weirdly get are, are loud enough to be heard, but yeah. the show is still uh, incredible and uh, regarded as such. Yeah, I uh, actually watched Doctor Who for a little while uh, when I was in college. Uh, my my girlfriend at the time was really into it, and I, uh, I think we started with the Ninth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Eccleston, yeah, 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 I really love that actor. I I'm and glad you I'm glad you do. He's he only had one season. He was great. I think him. And uh, the next doctor, who's it's David Tennant. David Tennant. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say not Clay Aiken, but that's better because that's his name. Maybe one day. <laughs> but uh, David Tennant, I thought was very good. And then the next guy with the fez hat. You weren't it, it, fair. That, I mean, didn't the, do it for me. The, like he just did not have the charisma that the other two had. Like I, I think Eccleston was honestly my favorite. Dev, David Tennant is a close second. Yeah. I mean, just between those two, like I think they're both great. But that la- that next guy, it's like, all right, bro. Like, uh, where's the guy with the scarf? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> give a shit about you. It, I mean, th- uh, one of the wonderful things about that show in particular is. Every kind of three or four years, it changes. Yeah, it's right always after, evolving. After David Tennant was Matt Smith, that the Fez guy, and then after that was Peter Capaldi, uh, and he's he was my favorite my favorite actor to 
I, you know, I love all of them, clearly. Doctor but. Who is one of those weird shows where some of the episodes I'm like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. But then there's other ones I'm like, this is really good storytelling. Dude, like, there's some yeah. really good horror elements, which I know you're not into. No, but I mean, in, in Doctor Who, it's always been scary. And I love, uh. they, they love, they love, I mean, and it's also uh, uh, written for definitely a younger audience but it's written in a way where it's not talking down to the audience in any way or, and it's still genuinely scary dude those do, statues oh yeah or yeah, like yeah. I, I, where's my mummy the whole like like those, some of the oh, effects are the best episodes, you can't yeah. see it people but he just like his toes are wiggling he's getting excited <laughs> <All exciting. laughs> but yeah. th- those like those jump out to mind where like people like again effects not super on point like mm-hmm. the mask coming out of their face looks weird but the overall like thing they were doing with the imagery and the storytelling in that episode wow cool stuff and yeah i mean the whole red light green light monsters like that are statues that when you close your eyes or like when you turn around that's a really great concept and the design works amazing some of the scariest things in that show are things like they've done it at least once where you can't breathe Mm. they'll hear you if you breathe or something like that you know things where it's 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 even more fun if you're watching a TV show. Like I don't know if you do this, you might. Anytime you're watching a movie and somebody you goes, hold your <gasps> breath, exactly, and then it, precisely. Yeah, I wrote uh, I, it, when I was first starting to do stand up. I wrote a joke about how I did that, and it turned into a fetish. And like <laughs> I, I I wrote that I got kicked out of the Avengers for choking myself with my belt, and people didn't find it funny. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm still working on that one. <laughs> I only do that now with David Carradine movies. You know, I'm just trying to feel like him. Uh, do you do you know who that is, David Carradine? David Carradine is a guy who died from autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, he was geez. a yeah. I I have a bad sense Rest of humor. Rest in peace. Yeah, no, he oh, died goodness. years years ago. Yeah, yeah. His last movie, I think, was him in uh, Yellowface in Crank High Voltage. Oh goodness. Yeah. Crank High Voltage. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a sight to behold. But uh, back to what uh, we were no, talking just, about. Th- this this the Doctor Who d- thing was they. You go half of the episode following this other character uh, as if it was just another random episode one-off character. Uh Uh, Things start happening, and you're wondering, like, is is she really who she says she is? There's things that that bring up... Point is, halfway through the episode, she uh, time lords the species that the Doctor is. Uh, You can put all of your alien whatever into an object not uh-huh. like a horcrux per se but if you want to hide and not come as an alien and you're like oh i'm on earth i'm gonna hide out because i'm in danger and i'm gonna be a human do all the fancy science stuff and then See, you that, walk around that's an interesting human. perspective for storytelling like that's that's yeah. cool stuff and this so this woman in this episode who you think is just a normal woman wrapped up in oh the crazy doctor's oh, adventure she's in the phone box she goes to a lighthouse breaks a little thing of glass kind of like an emergency break glass type mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm. uh time lord googly goo cool stuff happens <laughs> this woman is the doctor Okay. They cast. Isn't, wait, isn't it the the woman from back in the day, or is uh, it mm-hmm. like no? It's not like I, I thought that they brought back an old actress who was like the assistant or whatever oh. to be the doctor. Uh, no, they haven't done that. Oh, okay. that would be that would be 
really cool they've done uh like peter capaldi i don't know if you can picture him no uh he he was in a david Tennant episode okay and then he was such a good actor that a couple doctors down the line they cast him yeah i don't know why i'm remembering this but i thought that the girl who was with eccleston god i'm talking about she, this like i know this no shit. she she did come back okay as a, a really cool character in a, in a big special it was a really big deal Gotta hear uh, the noises in my head. They're so obnoxious. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but so they ca- they have this woman, and in the credits is so and so as introducing so and so as the doctor. Ah. So you've got two doctors talking in one season. In one season, in this episode, talking to each other, neither of them recognize the other one. Mm. So you've got Jodie Whittaker, the current thirteenth Doctor, who is the actor playing the part, uh-huh. and then you've got this other character who's played by a completely different actor, and. That actor also is a black woman p- playing the doctor, which is uh, that's that has a huge to happen. thing. Yeah, yeah for, right on. And uh, but the the wonderful thing is you have no idea. They're both trying to figure out because they both don't recognize each other, and mm-hmm. one of them would be older than the other and recognize their last incarnations. If, if this is making sense, it's making some nerdy it's, sense. Ex- and so they. So this episode ends with just this other doctor. You went into this other doctor's TARDIS, and she talks just like the doctor, dresses just as eccentrically as the doctor, uh, and we have fans have no idea how they're going. Is it a, a doctor from an alternate universe? Did somebody get their memory wiped? Jesus, Some people- everyone's getting the TARDIS in here. Some people are like, <laughs> well, in between the second and third ones, we never actually saw it. I mean, as ridiculous and like jump to conclusion as it is. God. Get TARDIS, get stupid. It's a ride. (laughs) All right, that's pretty neat. Uh, Shifting gears, because I don't give a shit about uh, Doctor Who, but that is interesting, though. And and I do, maybe I'll go back to it one day. Maybe, because I know that there's some episodes that are winners out there. I definitely It could be 15 years. The show could be completely different, except there's a doctor in a box. (laughs) And that's how it always, that's how it's always been. All right. Well, I guess we could kind of talk about some of the stuff that we talked about last week. Like, I thought we were going to segue into it when we were talking about, you know, theme parks and Star Wars. But uh, I've talked about Star Wars, I think, a lot on this podcast, and I'm pretty pretty fucking sick of it. You and, know, yeah. Uh, let me just ask you a random question. Uh, cool. Off the top of your head, is there anything you're looking forward to this year, whether it be movie or video game or oh, album? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, a book, I guess. I mean, I've if you read, who does that? <laughs> I, uh, I, my favorite band, Miniature Tigers, was performing in Santa Ana a couple weeks ago. I saw right. them. I'm seeing them uh, Valentine's Day weekend in L.A. and I can't wait. And interestingly, the lead singer of that band yesterday on Instagram said, "Hey, DM me thirty five dollars for a custom print." Uh, like of a drawing of you or it's great for pets uh-huh. so i've got <laughs> like the, the band that you like is doing a drawing for you it's yeah it's nuts <laughs> he's he uh he the the lead singer uh and i think he writes all of the music his name's charlie brand mm-hmm. he uh designed the t-shirts that they sell at the merch table oh right on. one of them was just a bunch of doodles and jar jar just jar jar's head is down there oh, <laughs> it, was great. it was great that is that is so i mean i i hope i can go to some more concerts this year because i mean i <clears throat> i pretty much ended last year going to the adult swim festival and that was just 
That was so amazing. Yeah. But these concerts in L.A. are not a joke. I mean, they're very, very expensive. But because I haven't heard of this band you're talking 20 bucks. about. Yeah. See, that's yeah. that is prime. Mm -hmm. That, that is the, what I'm looking uh, the, for. Just shouting out because I loved it so much. The opening band, Katsu Oso, was <laughs> fantastic. Where I'd are they from? Them. Uh, L.A. Okay. LA and uh, it was some of the songs are bilingual, Spanish and English, and they're really what nice. were they called? Katsu Oso. I Katsu know. Oso. I mean, Katsu. That is like a form of like mm. Korean frying. Meat I want to say something. it's meat or it's a style of frying. I'm pretty sure because mm. they offer pork or chicken or beef katsu. Cool. And yeah. it's pretty much like a. I think it's Japanese. Fr no, yeah, it is 100% Japanese. It's a, like a Japanese like fried steak, basically. Well, hey, I mean, Dude. I don't know what oso means in regards to it, but maybe music just a play on also. So we're fried also. <laughs> it's a, it's one guy who apparently just made the majority of the album hanging out in his in his room. I'm sure there was. I you know I skimmed over a lot of work and passion that probably went into that making that music. <laughs> yeah, I mean they basically are an overnight success. Ooh, they just of, someone <laughs> saw them one day. The album cover or one of the single covers or whatever is him sitting there as a cartoon, like with all the instrument equipment around him and mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah. So how long have they been around? Like uh, are they new? With Katsu. Yeah. Katsu also. Uh, I'm pr fairly new. I mean the only music that I found. Uh, and I've only checked Apple Music, but I mean the at least a full album and a couple singles, and I've been enjoying it. I might have to check it out, man, because we weren't recording this, but I mean we were recording this, and you'll never hear it. Uh, <laughs> but you mentioned I don't even know if you did it on mic, but you showed me this thing called Dog Police. I'm glad you mentioned Dog Police 52 minutes into this because it's going to take <laughs> another 52 to get through it. Dog Police. Um. It's funny. I was showing that to people that you mentioned it, and people were like, "Dude, use this as your opening theme song." It's fan freaking tastic. Dog police. It's... Where are you coming from? Dog police. Yeah, <laughs> my roommates. Is that, is that what you bump like driving up and down the street? Sometimes, <laughs> mostly when I'm the only one home and my roommates get home, and I've like heard the garage door or something. I'll cue it up on YouTube as they open the and door. Right when they walk through the door. Dog police. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, I still don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, look it up, dog police. It's yeah. uh, it's uh, what would have ha cats would have been like if they were dogs. And, and yeah, yes, keeping my track record pure of mentioning cats, cats. every single nice, time I've nice. recorded because uh, <laughs> uh, it's one of the greatest motion pictures ever made. I'm ex I, I'm. You know, it's still playing in theaters here. I might give it a go. I might give it a go. Man, yeah. take some of those gummy bears you were talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. and just Ride go with some friends and enjoy that wave. Because you like musical theater, right? I do. Yeah, dude, you will you will be over the moon 10 minutes in. You'll be like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? Yeah. Like, I'm telling, like, I probably told you the last time again, but it, it's very much imagine if Insane Clown Posse did the music. And it was directed by an Academy Award winner, which <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've only I've only heard batshit things about that movie, and, and, and batshit is the best things. And speaking yeah, of yeah. batshit, um, I think I did a mild review yesterday. I definitely brought it up. Uh, so you know that they're doing uh, Bambi and Pinocchio live action remakes, right? I I didn't know about Bambi. Now you do. And there's this guy. His name is Roberto Banini. Cool. 
And he's one of those actors. He's probably one of the most talented actors ever. Hmm. He made a movie called Life is Beautiful where it's him and his son going through the Holocaust and Damn. it still has comedic elements mm. because it's him trying to distract his son. It's like yeah. look at this uh, puppet not at the Nazi, mm-hmm. you know, and it's one of those movies it will break you by the end of it yeah. and it's it's just an incredible story and it, it's really well executed. And then a couple years later this balding 35-ish year old man decided, you know what? I'm going to play Pinocchio. (laughs) And it's in Italian, but the version that came out in the U.S. is dubbed. And it has actors (laughs) of the likes of John Cleese, I think, is in there at one point. Uh, Cheech Marin is someone. (laughs) And, And the thing that gets even crazier about this, I mean, right from the get-go like i highly recommend you check this out because the movie opens with like a cart being pulled by mice and these people horribly dubbed and then it cuts to like this log of wood falling off of a cart but then i don't know how to describe this the car the the log of wood doesn't like just constantly keep flipping or just roll this log of wood is running like like exactly what i just said imagine Mm -hmm. that like this this big pole is running through hallways. So and- just to make sure I've got this, this is a live action, live modern action. Italian Pinocchio. This is post nine eleven, two thousand two Pinocchio, starring Roberto Benigni. I I uh, I may have heard. It's you, ringing bells. I, it is because you were growing up in that time where you know the internet wasn't as big as it is now, mm-hmm. and you probably saw a big newspaper ad, and you probably saw this guy like. Whoo, Poking out, making a face. And I remember saying, uh, showing my dad, I was like, hey, dad, it's Pinocchio. It looks like a clown. Can we go see it? And he just looked at it. He was like, no. So (laughs) some people would say he did me a favor. And I don't think back in the day as a kid I would have dug it. But there is some, it's what makes uh, bad movies, like, amazing. I mean, you've seen Kung Pao enter the fist, right? Yes, and we compared it to that when we were watching it. That movie... Uh, I quote it once a day. Wee, wee, wee. I mean, the thing I'll is, I'll take is, a pound of nuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is about that, like uh, what a uh, pig go oink, cow go moo, <laughs> go cluck cluck. How, How about, about you? you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a weird. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the big difference between that and this 2002 Pinocchio. Pinocchio Kung Pao was intentional. That took a <laughs> lot of work. And yeah. I don't doubt that this Pinocchio movie took a lot of work, and that's what I kind of love about it, is there's parts of it where I'm like, okay, these costumes are fucking amazing. Your sets are wonderful. The content? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I brought it up is, and why I think it's so interesting, and again, they're making a Pinocchio live-action movie where I think Robert Downey Jr. is like in line. <gasps> Not to play Pinocchio, yeah, thankfully. Right. He's going to play Geppetto. F- okay. But here's the thing. Roberto Benigni made another Pinocchio movie last year. What? And he played Geppetto. And if you look at the trailer for that one, it looks a lot like the 2002 movie. So... I, I, I don't know where Pinocchio stands in the the annals of film history, mm-hmm. but uh, that anus is is tight for and ripe with uh, wow. with information. Oh my 
God. Yeah, so, and I think uh, Robert Zemeckis, I believe that's his name. Mm. Like, that's the guy who directed, you know, uh, uh, Back to the Future. Oh, cool. He did a bunch of wow. great classic. I mean, if I'm thinking of the right guy, it's also the guy who did, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm. But he's also the guy who did Polar Express, I'm pretty sure. Either way, okay. I know the guy who did Polar Express and, like, likes to make those weird, creepy CGI movies. And yeah, I that, feel like yeah. he made a decent one recently, but... That's the guy who's going to be directing Pinocchio. Jeez. I don't want to see that. But, <laughs> but I think you do. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. I think that <laughs> I think that all these things are going to get regurgitated. And when Yeah, I did briefly mention this yesterday when I was recording a little solo cast. I was saying uh with Bambi, dude, like how like that is going to be so cringy. You know, these yeah. live action movies cuz if they keep going down this road, of like, oh, we're just going to recreate, you know, the cartoon with this other CGI cartoon. It's like, this ain't inspired, bro. I don't I mean, want this. I uh, I know people who really enjoyed the newest version of Lion King. I, you do? I, uh, Let's go find them. I gotta talk to them. <laughs> They're part of the fucking problem. She enjoyed it. <laughs> but but uh, the thing is, is like people can enjoy it, but then look at the, the original one. Uh, well, and, that's like, the thing that bummed me out about that one was... As visually, uh, there was a... There's a level of talent and skill behind the production of the movie, but I, I don't give a fuck. No, yeah, yeah, neither do I. I appreciate you saying that because there was... I, I almost have to chew through this phrase, but like, there's some merit involved with the creation. Back in the day, like if you would have asked me when I was 10, I was like, um, yeah, we need that, okay? Just, I mean, maybe I wasn't the, the right person. I'm not a tiny child who can't even remember what the original Lion King looked like. I'm right. an adult who can, you know, like Kung Pao. Who quote, has taste and likes Power <laughs> Rangers. Amen. <laughs> I can quote the, I mean, we all can quote the original Lion King and there are some like lines that Nathan Lane just, it's just things that they absolutely crushed and it was kind of sad that they they changed a lot and the th a lot of that they changed was the humor a lot of the jokes had different punchlines which is fine i'll be honest the only way i watched that movie was uh a pirated version i wow. watch i i refuse dude to pay for that i watched it thanks to x1bet.com not mm. a shout out to them just to mention no. <laughs> that's, that's how i feel about cats and i'm sorry i know you love it but I, that see the thing is though is cats was a risk you know it okay. wasn't well calculated, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. it's it's a risk because they were trying something new. Mm. This Lion King movie okay. is right. like, and I mentioned, I know I mentioned this yesterday. It's like that uh, Psycho shot for shot remake. It's like this literally has no purpose. Like yeah. this is this is insulting. This is it's this sucks, you know. Yeah. And and I just think that a lot of the heart is missing from. Uh, what they had in the original Lion King and there's a new one, man, it just kind of sucked. Like I, I, I just, I can't stand it. And I think that a lot of the personality was drained from the movie. I, I Rafiki not having any lines was, did it hurt? Probably the best part of the version that I watched was that because again, brought to you by X one bet.com. Mm. Uh, they interrupted it with ads for this. So all of a sudden, like there's a close up on Rafiki and then all of a sudden this weird zoom out things happens and Rafiki's on a cell phone and it's in a hand. I'm like, what the fuck is oh, happening? God. And then it just like turns into a commercial for this like weird gambling site. X one bet.com. <laughs> Check it out. Just yeah. don't. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really think that 
there's that movie takes out a lot of the soul. And honestly, like for John Favreau, someone who's so accomplished, I mm. think that they it was poorly thought out. This Lion King movie, and I'll give you some examples. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> look, uh, I've never, I, I've never admired naked animals. I, I don't know, like off the top of my head, what one would look like. Like I've seen, have you seen the movie Roar? No. Okay, top of your list. That is <laughs> must watch, must see. Uh, Tippi Hedren, uh, star of the movie Birds, with this other crazy guy. They had a house on some land, I think, in like Tunisia, somewhere in Africa. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they no, sorry, maybe, might have been Sudan. I don't remember. But either way, they have this house, and there were fifty lions with them. And these aren't CG lions. Okay, I'm building yeah, this yeah. up a lot because it's so. When I see a dickless lion in your Lion King movie, yeah. I notice it because there's no like, there's no like the hair is different there, and like it just mm-hmm. looks real. Again, I'm not admiring the ass crack of these lions. Yeah, it's you're just, not it, going it to weird. to see those. Yeah, yeah but it's <laughs> like I notice it because I know what a real lion looks like. Mm. That's one mark against the movie. Like Simba is not a dickless lion. Let's get that straight. <laughs> Number two, uh, you know hyenas. They have a very particular design. And do you want to hear an interesting fact about female hyenas? Sure. They have huge fake penises. Jeez. Isn't that something? I did not know. I'm you afraid to look it up. Yeah. But that's, sh- and again, that's like, you know, I'm kind of kidding. Like, I think that just some of the designs were weird in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Scar looked like a fucking juggalo. Scar? Like, I was okay. not about it. My biggest gripe with that movie, uh, uh, involves Scar. One, Be Prepared was pretty was much awful. taken out of the movie in yeah. a nutshell. And that's, I think recently I've discovered that's my favorite of the of that uh, album. Yeah, I dude. Mean, the music across the board is fantastic, yeah. but Be Prepared is like the unsung hero for me. Oh, yeah, it's and for And literally a lot of was unsung in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, I also, the kind of ing- like British Jeremy Irons flamboyancy of... Scar. Yeah, Scar has so much personality. That he was the had whole none thing. None of it. He was just a, all the characters were like that for this. Though. Yeah, he was just a skinnier, mean cat. Yeah, and my last point though, and mm. it's it's a fucking big one for me, and I think and I hold a lot against the movie for this because again, it goes back to poor fucking planning and not thinking shit through. Can you feel the love tonight? It, it pretty specific, you know, when that should take place, right? Maybe in the evening. They, <laughs> that's what my, my girlfriend who loved the movie that was her thing she was like you're singing can you feel the love tonight and it's daytime during the day <laughs> yeah, that, so yeah that's really funny it's stupid dude like yeah. <laughs> like you're spending all these hundreds of millions of dollars these animals look really sweet and then you're just like I don't know I feel like soulless is the way to describe that and I think that Pinocchio the whole thing about that is that is is like a horror movie, you know, and there's uh, a lot of soul to it, and and the metaphors to it yeah, ring true to today, uh, ring true to today, mm. you know, like don't drink when you're young or you'll become an ass, and like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's literally in there, and and I don't want them to take that scariness out of it, and that's don't pull that's, a cigar down in one suck. Oh, dude, that's I, what I can kind of remember from those movies: one puff and that. Dude, gone. that movie gets fucking spooky, dude. Yeah, it gets really spooky, and that's that's part of what makes it work. Mm. I mean, in this 2002 version, dude, they turned a uh, the whale at the end. They turned it into like the fucking Meg. Oh, like, it's a giant shark. Oh. It's 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 just one bad idea after another, kind of like 
a lot of these Disney movies. I didn't even watch Lady and the Tramp. I, mean, I haven't seen that. That I saw recently on my phone a dog food commercial, and yeah. they showed the clip of them eating spaghetti. I was like, yeah. put the gun in my mouth, There's dude, and play some Disney movies that I've completely forgotten. I had to ask. I was at Disneyland, and I asked one of my friends if Fox and the Hound was uh, – you know, like, do they end up together at the end? And my friend was like, they're both guys. And so they probably wouldn't have. And I was like, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, but that's, man, that's one that I'm sure they will ruin eventually. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, crummy decisions being made. But I'll tell you, a good decision that was tell made me. was the entire making of, maybe I've heard, point is, AJ and the Queen, fantastic. What's that? It's on Netflix. It stars RuPaul, and RuPaul was one of the, the drag race person yeah and i mean tim uh it's and so much more <laughs> this that is such a talented performer and the show is fantastic and real uh so i, I just realized as we were talking about bad things i was thinking about something that was bringing me a lot of joy and but it's also kind of bad is what you're saying i did honestly no aj and the queen is just fantastic all the way around so, so what made you think of that? I, it was somewhere along our somewhere. It, I think it was the amount of negativity towards, and rightfully so, towards Lion King that yeah, made right. me look for some kind of light at the end of the tunnel, and it made me think of RuPaul Charles. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'll have to watch it. I'll take your word for it, man. It, and you can recommend it out there to the three people no, listening. No, it's it's just. You don't, uh, one thing about, I'll say like about RuPaul and he's well aware of it is sometimes drag can make people uncomfortable Mm. and it can deter people from watching a show like RuPaul's Drag Race Oh yeah, or AJ and the Queen. Uh, and which really quickly, what is that about? Uh, a drag queen gets screwed over, has to like pick herself up and start over and gets roped in with a child. I might have friends who are working on that. I don't know. I mean, if they do, tell them thank you because I really enjoyed it. I um, used to, I'm not done with it. But wh- I, what's I'm the name of the lead actor? RuPaul. RuPaul. Oh, okay. He, oh, you know, he's in charge of. Uh, he yeah, helped write is, it. Helped create the story. That stuff is really working its way into the mainstream, and I'm not complaining, dude. It, it's it it's is different. So all all the more for. I mean, some of the most interesting movies I've ever seen in my life. I saw in a class called Queer Cinema, hmm. and I bet I can make some recommendations to you. Like this would end this kind of on a dark note, oh, damn. but uh, just just because they're really intense movies, like in the gay community, they just take no, place there. Yeah. But uh, there's this movie called Mysterious Skin with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, huh. and you may not have heard of it because uh, it was given an X rating back in the day. Wow. Because it just it had sounds of gay sex. Is it uh, is somebody gay in that per and uh, does a gay person die? Um, I think it it has elements where they talk about like you know HIV. Mm. So like I I would not be surprised. I, it's been years since no. I've seen it, but I, I'm pretty sure someone does die. But basically, the setup for the movie, and this is what I think is, it's one of those movies. It's like. You you could never make this with a studio. Like yeah. it is incredible that it exists because it's very offensive to some people, and you'll see why. Um, <clears throat> two kids grow up having the same experience. One kid is molested; he doesn't mind. The other kid, yeah, his eyes just widen. Everyone, yeah, but no, uh, no, no, and hey, then the yeah, other kid, the other kid remembers it as being abducted by aliens. Damn. Yeah. It's really serious shit, mm-hmm. and and it is dark, but 
I found it really moving. It was really sad. And it's not one of these things that has a happy ending. Like, it yeah. starts sad, it's sad in the middle, and, and then it's, it's sad by the end. But it, the growth of these characters, and, like, it's it's really well written. Mysterious Skin. Mysterious it's a tough skin? watch, but no, I highly recommend I'll, it. I will I'll send it, text me or something, because yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. forget otherwise. But I'm interested. And um, I had a comedian uh, friend who lives in Chicago, Rachel Relman. She's fantastic. And I just remember she did a bit on stage where... She just brought to my attention all of the sad lesbians in in movies and stuff and <laughs> gave like countless examples of how w- one or all of them have died in whatever TV show or movie they were in. Yeah, like it's a weird. Trope. Oh, oh, like just yeah, yeah in like the gay person having a tragic story. I'm trying to think. And this is kind of interesting. I was very inspired by this one because this is famously on IMDb. They list the movie as like. This movie had no budget, like it cost $10, mm. and he just used his iMac. It's called Tarnation, okay. and it's about this guy growing up in the gay community at a young age, and mm. he had like a lot of footage of him on film and stuff like that, and like oh. talking about growing up gay and like the influence that his mom had on him and their relationship. Mm. Very, very sad and dark movie, but like really interesting. Yeah. Tarnation, that, that stuff one's is called. Tarnation? Tarnation and- Canadian movie. Huh. Yeah. Thank you, Canada. Yeah. Those Canucks, eh? They like their <laughs> balls, huh? Let's see how far we yeah, are into this. We're in a little over. Yeah, a little bit over an hour here. Uh, I think we can kind of wrap it up. Do you have anything that uh, you want to mention? Any, like, sh- uh, uh, sh- throw I, out your Instagram or something? Uh, my Instagram's my name, Willem Alo, W-I-L-L-E-M, and then A-L-O-E. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not getting up to a whole dang much right now. But if I do, it'll be on there. I think today I found a cake in the trash can. In yeah, a I saw that. And I uh, hope you didn't eat it. I did not, but oh I was God. surprised how many people told me I should. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to mention also that I rewatched Baby Geniuses maybe a month ago. I haven't done that yet. I used to watch that in French all the time. I, Please the judge movie's me. absurd. It deserves a rewatch. The only movie that I saw that had a worse rating on Rotten Tomatoes was Baby Geniuses 2. And, Baby uh, geniuses. The yeah. only thing that jumps out is there's a scene where an infant dresses like a homeless person. Yes, and uh, then beats yes. up another homeless he person. Gets into uh, he crawls the baby crawls into a crib, makes sexual innuendo jokes to another baby, and they switch. He goes, "Take off your clothes," and then the baby's like, "You got to buy me dinner first. And then they switch <sighs> out. Yeah, no. Uh, this was after he said the word. Ugh, diaper gravy three times and it was the same audio clip they didn't even yeah dude this was pre 9-11 y- yes yes okay. although it feels like it's m- much more connected to that event <laughs> so what you're saying is baby geniuses can melt steel beams that's what i've been getting at this whole time man yeah uh if you can take nothing away from this uh cast here take away that baby geniuses can melt Steel Beams, thanks for joining me again, man. This time it will actually be uploaded to the internet, and I'm actually going to post. This is going to be the premiere, man. I'm going to post oh, a picture. Goodness. There's going to be a link. You're going to be in the picture. What with a treat. Big, uh, yeah, dude. And uh, there's going to be five episodes dropped. So, yeah, uh, I got two alone, and I got two with my buddy Christian I recorded, and mm. then I got this one with you. That's And exciting. then, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be cool. And then I'm going to try to do at least one a week, maybe more. I got to find my day to do that. But I might hit up someone else to record again today just mm. to have, like, more content. Good for you, man. Well, 
thanks, man. And, I got- like, this was, I mean, even though it is, it's always a bummer whenever something doesn't work out the way you thought yeah. the first time. A good time talking to you. Yeah, this was this was great, dude. Good and no, yeah, oh yeah, so always, close. dude. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll do this again and again. Like I told you in that lost recording, if there's ever something you really want to talk about, hit me up, and I'll be like, okay. I will, yes, every now and then I have, sometimes you have that thing where you talk about a movie or just something that happened. and part of the whole zeitgeist, if you you, will. You crack the code with a cool thought or something, and every now and then I've got one of those, and I'd love to run them by you. Yeah, um, the one thing I'll mention on here, because I think the wheels are moving and grooving about this, uh, I'm a a follower of this website, doubletoasted.com big fan and uh, i have it i have it in with uh their host like i know the guy and uh they've been talking about coming out to la next month for this musical called for the love of a glove have you heard of this <laughs> no dude uh i think the guy's name is jeremy uh minor and uh he made a uh a musical about michael jackson uh, and the musical is about it's about this glove that's an alien that forced Michael to do all the things that we heard. Dude, and I'm going to pull up right now before we close. thing that was really exciting was perfect to have it right here. Booyah. Double Toasted interviewed Jeremy uh, Miner, and they took their quote uh, for it, and they put it at the top, (laughs) and that's the L.A. Times. He's laughing at the poster, which is is a close-up of this creepy hand with sparkles and uh, a face on the palm. But the quote is, uh, what the fuck is this? And uh, I I don't know exactly what the fuck that is, but I can tell you that when you buy the premium seats, you sit in beanbags. So I think it's called the Neverland uh, edition of your tickets. That's terrifying, but... I really want to go. Yeah. So... I take it you're interested in seeing that. Absolutely. It yeah. sounds like it sounds sounds like a nightmare. I can't track the metaphor perfectly, but it's like watching a train wreck, but the train's gonna be fine and you're in it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's like a train. It's like just kidding. It's a roller coaster. It's yeah. Like, Whoa! Just kidding. It can fly. It's like grease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This train seems like it's gonna go off the tracks, but in some prepared tracks. Because mm-hmm. speaking of tracks, you look up this guy singing these songs, and it's like, bro, oh, you, the music's already out there. You can find clips of this guy going, "The truth must be told." Like, <laughs> what a wonderful world we live in, man. Yeah, dude, we're lucky to have shit like strange, that. Strange, strange. Uh, but yeah, I'll keep you in touch about that. I need to text Mr. Corey Coleman uh, about that, but he texted me back today because I texted him yesterday going, yo, congrats on the spot in the newspaper. That's fucking sick. Yeah. And now that they did that, they're definitely going to be coming out here for it. So I'll keep you in the loop about that. Please do. Definitely we'll talk about that on here. Uh, please check me out on Instagram at Hemendinger, H-E-M-M-E-N-D-I-N-G-E-R or No Friends Podcast on Instagram. That's basically our little website. And uh, my buddy Christian, who hopefully you'll meet at some point, hmm. he has a website called A Little Fire Burning, and the No Friends podcast is actually going to be hosted on there. Wow. So, yeah. No Fire cool. Burning? Yeah, a, a Little Fire Burning. A Little Fire. I like a Yeah, and bit. he has a podcast that he does with his buddy that I may go on with them, or like we may do another thing. I think we're going to start streaming because he has like a whole studio set up. Oh, like, sweet. like, I got a mixer. He's got a whole thing. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, what's it called? Uh, his podcast is called Where's My Burrito? Lots of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, remember, you have no friends, but I can be for a small price. <laughs>